All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I hate to break the fishing news after Ramchuk, but I'd like to speak about the ice hockey. Congratulations. You're one of the 13 listeners of the Real Life Podcast. We just traded a migraine in for like an orgasm. Might want to mark that down. Yep. All of my projects are on schedule until they're not. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. About as funny as we're going to get today. Welcome in episode 222. Of the Real Life Podcast being recorded on a beautiful October 15th in the Edmonton area. It's actually not. It's super windy and it's going to snow tomorrow. But I wanted to start this podcast on a positive note. Speaking of positive notes, Oodle Noodle is a positive note for your hunger. That was a weird transition. But this podcast is brought to you by Oodle Noodle. 14 (laughs) locations and counting in the Edmonton area. I love Oodle Noodle. Oodle Noodle loves you. Oodle Noodle also loves the surrounding community because 10% of all in-store proceeds go towards a new charity every, uh, was every week. Now we're extending it a little bit more because they care that much. Also, the video this week is up on Oodle Noodle's uh, social media, and it is great. It is Jay pretending to be a princess. and uh, Learning to be a princess. Learning, learning, sorry. What the fuck am I even watching? It used to be about the noodles, man. Now I've already got like I've already got a handful of memes in the can already. Just in like, like a, I've been in, in a year, it's like oodle noodle. Here's Jay having VR sex with a robot. <laughs> I'm like what the hell? Um, it also, I'm so excited wild, about man, this you one. Wild. It's just like I got so inspired when I saw that go up, and I just I've got a bunch of memes in the can. So I'm really really thankful for this week's charity video. You wild. It also gives us this beautiful sound bite that I've added to my board. Well, that's my first princess fail. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, I like that one. I'm going to use it a lot. Well, that's my first princess fail. 
whatever. Oh, you'll need to wrong. improve the audio there, your rim chuck. It does it not sound good. <laughs> That's what you take issue with. Yes. I literally You're took it. me do it with high quality audio at least. Let me add that I took that directly and recorded directly from the Oodle Noodle video on the Instagram. So, well, when I watched on Instagram, it looks very good. It does. Josh Park did a great job with that. Uh, you've already heard their voices. Bag Milk, Wanya, and Jay are here. I fully expect Chalmers to swing by at some point to give us his lock of the week. And also coming up in about 40 minutes, we'll be joined by our friend Scott Hastings from Odd Chart. Get set for betting season, NFL, Sunday, week six, coming up. All the sports information you need is at oddchart.com. Uh, lots of, like, I have about nine topics written down here that I want Whoa. to get to. Um, I'm deciding. Do we in have my, that kind of time? We should. Uh, I'm trying to decide right now if I want to start with the nonsense or the hockey stuff. Um, nonsense! Nonsense! Bag milk. You found a bagged milk doppelganger? Yeah. How great is that? Please share this yeah. story. Very so, weird. Friend of everyone, Brad Stepanko. He says, he, he DMs me on Instagram. And he says, buddy, you got to check this out. So I look, and there's a guy in Edmonton of all fucking what? places. That guy's in Edmonton? Oh, it's in Edmonton? Oh, in Edmonton. So oh, we've got that, a guy. That's treasonous. I didn't realize he's in Edmonton. Oh, in Edmonton. Calling Don't himself Bag do. Milk, recording podcasts about pop culture and whatever else is going on. So he and I have actually been DMing over the last 24 hours. What is the situation? We've decided to unite forces. What? I know about that. you. He must know about you. You're the best Bag Milk. You're famous. I Rather than some kind of Olympics for who can carry the name on. You know what? He can have it. I would love to pick something else. But I feel like I'm stuck with it. This is 15 years in the making. And just, man... How hilariously stupid is that that this guy's like, I should call myself Bag Milk no, because that's a good name. not to know who you are. Yeah, he said he had no idea. Bullshit. He's, oh. bullshit. He's never looked himself up in his whole life online. I guess. I guess. Cause he, like on, like on, my, uh, on Instagram, we were chatting back and forth and he goes, oh shit, you got way more followers on social media than me. I'm like, well, I've been at this for a while and, you know, it's kind of been a thing of mine for a while. And he's just like, huh, didn't know. I was like, all right, man. I've Listen to me. When I found out, Bag Milk, that one of the guys in Boys to Men was actually named Wanye as well, I knew <laughs> damn well I was the second Wanye. I knew it. Well, he's still in denial mode, and I honestly wouldn't be surprised if I end up in this podcast at some point. <laughs> Two bags of milk? Yeah. You have to kill oh. him halfway through. You have to cut his throat. That oh, of course. Style. Of course. Yeah. Two, it's like two bags, one jug type thing. Uh, yeah, so that was random. Fuck? Who the Super fuck random. does this other bag of milk think he is? We should but just like, how hilarious is it? Just how hilarious is it that also in Edmonton of all fucking places, yeah. the only place that I claim is my own, there's another. If bag that motherfucker like, posts a photo of garbage, I'm going to find him. <laughs> Could you imagine he just steals all my shtick and all of a sudden he's <laughs> got pictures of Frank going up on his Yeah, he Instagram has his own dog well. named Frank too. Are we yeah. sure this isn't just Surveyor Brett? See, and I also thought of that. I did think of that because Surveyor Brett, this that is right on brand for him, but I don't think it is him this specific time. If this bag milk goes to work for Noodle King, I will fucking. Oh, I feel should. like I feel like all roads lead to Noodle King, and bag milk too is going to end up there. This definitely screams like something from the Noodle King universe. Yeah, Noodle King would pull this shit off. This is fan fiction at its finest. Noodle King. <laughs> Oh, man, this guy also runs the Noodle King Instagram account. Um, that was good. When you sent that, I had a hearty chuckle about it. Um, I think we should get him on the podcast, and we should interrogate I agree. him. 
I agree. We it's either a, battle, either a battle to the death or he and I are going to take over the city. There's I don't know options. if I can be civil to another bag of milk. I, I kind of think this is bullshit. <laughs> I, yeah. Yep. I agree. Did you ever see when the other, like the real Rick Ross went on Joe Rogan? <laughs> no. The what? gangster Rick Ross? And Joe Rogan's like, so you're like one of the hardest core dudes of all time. He's like, uh-huh. And he's like, what do you think about this other guy calling yourself Rick Ross? He's like, I'll tell you what I think. That's how I feel right now about the other bag of milk. What? Yeah. So there's Rick Ross, the rapper, and then another Rick Ross? Yeah, there's like a supreme gangster. I think he was like one of the biggest Coke dealers in California. Yeah, wasn't Rick Rick Ross trying to play it up like it was him? Yeah, he's playing like a character that he's this drug boss named Rick Ross who was an actual guy. It's happened a lot of times. There's one guy named Freeway. There's a gangster named Freeway. 50 Cent was a drug dealer in New York, not our 50 Cent. I feel bad for real Rick Ross. He's not even on page one of Google. He got bumped down by rap rip Rick Ross. I feel like that's a, I feel like that's a legal thing. Like, could he not go at the guy? Well, no. I mean, there's nothing preventing me from changing my name to anything I want. I guess. And Rick Ross, the rapper, has never like claimed he's actually that guy. He's not like, no, that's my life story. Oh. But he's like doing a, a character. Like most rappers aren't who they claim to be. Really? <laughs> Do you think that the people that play a dragon, that uh, Cirque du Soleil are actually dragons? Up until this not, point, you, yes, I believe that. Well, I was I'm, saying you're I'm, tell me they're not. <laughs> I, Emily Clark is always going to be Khaleesi to me. Wow. That's true. Respect. She transcends. Yeah. No, does she ever. Ah. She transcends. I had a... I, had MCAC, a yep. I, I know you want to talk about hockey so bad, so I'll kick it off. I know okay. you want to talk about hockey so sure. fucking bad. I wasn't even going to hockey next, but let, let's do it. Let's talk oh. hockey. Oh, well, I want to talk about TFH. Taylor fucking Hall? That's the one. All right. What do you think about him signing in Buffalo for $8 million? At first, it stunned me because I was just like, this guy <laughs> talked for months about how winning is his priority. He wants to prove <laughs> he can do it in the playoffs and all that stuff. And then he goes to Buffalo. Which Buffalo is not a good team. They got a decent proud tradition of winning. Yeah, they have the longest playoff drought in the NHL right now. I believe they have a good top six. The rest of their team is incredibly average or incredibly below average. Shout out to former Oil King Curtis Lazar, though. Um, But it just didn't make sense. And then I thought about it. I'm like, okay, one year, eight mil. He'll get his money. Frank Cervalli made a good point today, saying that some players are always worried that if they take the short term one year deal that it's just going to kill their next contract. Like, Taylor Hall's an $8 million player, and I guess some players would fear that if you're an $8 million player and you do a one-year deal at, like, $4.5 million, that you're never going to get back up to $8 mil. Teams will offer you a raise and give you, like, six. So he wanted to keep his value up. He signs one year in Buffalo. If Buffalo does good and makes the playoffs, it's probably because he's putting up a shitload of points with Jack Eichel. If Buffalo does bad and is not making the playoffs, they trade him at the deadline, and he go- ends up on a contender anyways. So... Here's I, my dream. I understand Here's my it. dream. What? Who was it? The two others that collided in warm up the one time? Taylor Hall Taylor and Hall. Corey Potter. Yeah, Corey, Corey Potter. Potter stepped on. My dream is that during a Sabres game, Jack Eichel and Taylor Hall run into each other with such force they create a black hole, which causes the scoreboard in Buffalo to fall for a second time onto the ice, mushing them both. Okay, interesting. Um, there's a lot of talk. You got a bet you... on that odd shark? You got a bet? <laughs> you got an odds on that one happening? There's a rumor that, oh, not a rumor. Frank Cervalli says the Oilers did offer him a one-year deal worth, you know, just under $5 million. 
Um, that's interesting to me because if his priority was winning, if all the talk that he wants to come back to Edmonton is true, I mean, Edmonton offered him decent money on a one-year deal, especially in a year where you're going to have to give back close to 30% in escrow. Exactly. And and you're also going to have to give back a chunk if the season's shortened and your salary's prorated. So on a one-year deal to come to Edmonton, like to me, this should end the Taylor Hall wants to play in Edmonton again one day. Here's didn't he said. have an interview? Didn't Chris Johnston this week say in an interview that after this year, like he would want to come back to Edmonton? This hey, is what we, they're saying. This we is heard ridiculous. That. It's like you break up with a girl and you wave her away. Goodbye, goodbye. And everyone's like, oh, you broke up. Eh? Yeah, yeah. We didn't break up. What happened? Well, you know, we had to part ways. Wasn't working out. Then you get a new girlfriend and then your new girlfriend wants to adopt your old ex-girlfriend. And next thing you know, they're back in the house, but it's not like it was before, and you've moved on, but they're back in a different role. Like, what the fuck? No. So you don't even want to be friends with Taylor Hall? No, we have to move on, man. We always talk about him every time he comes back to town. We're like, oh, Taylor Hall, there he is. Taylor Hall, Taylor Hall, Taylor Hall. You bring Taylor Hall back? Holy fuck, all the internet's going to explode. But I also think that Taylor Hall, like, I'm just, I'm playing devil's advocate here. I also think that if Taylor Hall was back this time, this isn't his team anymore. No. That's what I'm saying. He's no longer your girlfriend. He's now your daughter. Well, yeah, and I think what? I almost I almost think that would be a better um wow. I just think that he it wouldn't be the same. It would be like Leon would put him in his place or something. Yeah, I think so like he he I think I think he's matured too. And so I I think I You think I, he's matured? I think he has yeah, a bit. I would hope so. Jersey let I, him go. I, He's a heart winner. Jersey let him go. Then he goes to uh, Phoenix, right? Who had every ability to re-sign him if they wanted. Yeah, but they're broke. They have no money. Well, but they could have yeah. made they have to spend some money. They're in the goddamn NHL. Well, yeah, no, I wouldn't. I, and the, then the Phoenix Buffalo, situation isn't Taylor Hall's fault. I don't know. I'm, I also, I'm not on Team Taylor Hall. Sounds but, to me like you love Taylor Hall more than any other player in the but league. But if, 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 if you could bring him back and it doesn't mean losing the Nuge, like if it's like, yeah, we can bring Taylor Hall back, but we have to trade the Nuge, then absolutely not. Because to, to me, I think that Nuge is a more valuable asset to the team based on he can play posi- two positions. He's actually outscored Taylor Hall in the last two seasons, though last year wasn't Taylor Hall's fault necessarily. He was injured like for the bulk of it. But well, he also gets injured a lot. To knock we only need Hall. heroes on this team, man. We don't need him. We need the news. Yep. He's a hero. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Like it's it has to be like so circumstantial. Mm-hmm. I bet you he comes make, back. I bet you he comes back eventually. Really? I just have a horrible uh, feeling. I believe in Ken Holland, man. Do you, if you could make the call, Jay, would you ever bring Taylor Hall back? It, well, it, it it depends. Is is it the perfect situation I'm drawing up for in which he can come back? Yes, but if it means sacrificing a guy like Nuge, never in a million years. But like, if Taylor Hall, like after Buffalo, is like, yeah, you know what? I'll come to Edmonton on a on a four year, six million dollar deal, and Nuge can stay. Yeah, then maybe. I guess. Then I would. Then I'd be like, okay, but like yeah. that's obviously not going to happen because he's also trying to go and trying to get max yeah. and all this, right? So like. That's what I say. Like it's it's such a dream scenario, unless everyone wants to put a bullet in a Nuge. And if you want to do that, then you're not an Oilers fan. No, exactly. Shame on you. The Oilers have so. twenty nine million dollars in cap space projected for next season, and in yeah, that but the fucking cap rate, the cap's gonna be half of what they think it is. Yeah, but the cap. Well, no, they'll still have thirty million, close to thirty million in yeah. cap space. It won't go down. It'll only stay flat. But in that, like, okay, Nuge needs a new deal. 
Yamamoto is going to need a new deal. Maybe you want to even go long term with him so you can save money down the road. Extend Extend him him now. On top of that, Bear. Yeah, Bear needs a new deal. The thing where I get worried about a, and I love Yamo, but he's also the size of a coin. Like, you know what I mean? He's a tiny little dude. So for me, that's, I'm just thinking about Oscar Kleffbaum here and completely different situations, but I'd be worried about extending Yamo long term just because. Five years. Can a guy that's 155 pounds, like how durable is he going to be? Because he's also been banged up so yeah. far a little bit in his pro career. Yeah. Uh, my, the point I'm making was $29 million looks like a lot and looks like you can be like, oh, yeah, we'll give a ton of money to Taylor Hall next offseason on a long-term deal. But you no. want you want to put yourself in a position where it's never a problem to sign Bear or Yamamoto or Bouchard or Broberg when those times yeah. come. I know they're down the road, yeah. but you got to think about those things. You know, Darnell Nurse eventually will need a new deal if you want to keep him here. Next offseason, unless you're winning a cup, yeah, like unless you're going Tampa Bay and you're winning the cup, yeah, which but I like mean, even just I mean, look at Tampa Bay right now; they're fucking, they are hooped. Like just the fact that Tyler Johnson went on waivers for just nothing, and they're like, somebody take him for free, please. It's just like Ken Holland's got to be strategic here, and yeah. that's where I think like Taylor Hall in a long term deal, he's going to get too much of that bag where he's going to get too much of the pie where it's just like let's build a really good team around Connor, Leon, and Nooch. Yeah, yes. Let's get some depth. I, I I'm with Jay. I like the idea of Taylor Hall coming back and getting no. the band together, but I don't see a scenario where yeah. it's possible. No. This isn't like this isn't the pre-cap days where the New York no. Rangers were just like we're going to sign every human being alive. If they it's truly just, offered him six million dollars this offseason or five, I heard six, and he's like, "Oh, I really want to be a part of what's going on. I'm going to do the old give me five years at six, and I'm in right now." Right? Instead, yeah. you leave to go to a team that has zero chance of making the playoffs. You're yeah, lighting another year of your career on fire. No, he's not, though. It's it's, it's actually not. Like, and trust me, I'm not on Team Taylor Hall. Sounds what he's like doing is Hall. actually smart. It it's makes similar sense. Similar to what Tyson Berry's doing. Yeah. He's going to be on a first line with Jack Eichel. He's going to just crazily, if he's healthy for the whole year, he's just going to pump up his value. So he's either going to sign the big ticket after this, after already making $8 bucks, or... And, and, and if Buffalo doesn't make the playoffs, they'll they'll trade him. I mean, he's got full control of where he goes to to make a run. So now he's on his not, fifth team. It's, yeah, but it's it's from his perspective, the strategy isn't bad. And clearly, moving around doesn't bother him too much because he's done it a fair amount, right? So I well, it makes but sense. But like a single dude, he, that's, this is the time to bounce around if you want. Yeah, no, I, you got to make a commitment to a franchise so that one day they put you on the wall of fame. No, I love, I love, I, I think it'd be really interesting if top guys did short-term deals more often, actually. Like in the NBA? Doesn't like LeBron it, James always sign like one-year deals or something? Pretty much his deal mm-hmm. in LA was the exception. He got some term there um, because he wanted to give them, I think, cost certainty so they could build around him. But he did that a lot. He would sign one-year deals with an option, if I'm remembering correctly. And then he would opt out if there's a new max. And if the new max wasn't more, he just keeps going on the second year of the deal. Then he gets the max the year after that. Which is a baller play. Like, I, well, yeah, bet on yourself. As long as your yeah. health is there. Like, If you want to make the most money in the NHL or in your pro career, yeah, yeah betting on yourself one, on one-year deals, yeah. And that's why like, Don't you want the guaranteed Alexander Ovechkin path to riches where you go maximum amount, maximum term, and who cares if the max goes up during your term? Well, I yeah, mean, I that, think doesn't give you, that doesn't give you maximum dollars, though, right? Like, if you're right. if you're actually looking for maximum money, like if you want to ink out every dollar of your like potential salary earnings, 
you wouldn't do an eight-year deal because like, in year seven and eight, the cap's gone. Well, in, but if you get COVID, injured or you go to shit, you well, that's that I'm just saying. There's there's there's, if, I mean, yeah. it's, there's definitely those variables like that that you have to consider. But like you know, guys like LeBron who bet on themselves and just like that, he's, he he would have made less doing otherwise. I'm not saying that's absolutely the way. I'm not I'm not saying that as like career. Like financial advice. No, like only LeBron that. James can do that because he's yeah. So yeah. But yeah. I also think like for a guy Ronaldo. like Taylor, for a guy like Taylor Hall, if he's already got forty, you know, this is the last year, he's already got forty-five million dollars in the bank. He can do it. What does he now, care? Hold on, about? he has forty-five million dollars in the bank, or he's made gross forty-five career. Earnings? Sorry, gross forty-five million dollars. Okay, so he's taken home sixteen, probably somewhere around that. Yeah, maybe a little bit sure. more. Um, so to make eight, yeah, because no, like yeah, for a guy like enough. maybe for a guy like Connor. If Connor left so much money on the table signing an eight-year deal, yeah. if he even if he did one-year extensions with the Oilers year after year, I mean, COVID aside, fuck COVID, but like if he did that, he would make way more money. If yeah. Connor McDavid, and this is like rip Peter Shirelli for almost everything he did, but he hit three absolute home runs. The first yeah. being the late rounds of that 2015 draft, getting Bear yep. and Jones, huge. Getting Dreisaitl and McDavid to commit term to this organization was huge because if those two guys wanted to maximize their career earnings, they would have signed contracts like Austin Matthews did in Toronto that take yep. them to the second they are a UFA. As early as they can become unrestricted, you get to that point, and then you take like the four-year deal or three-year deal at max money to get you to when you're 29, and then you take another max deal to end your career. That's how you maximize it in the NHL. Shirelli got those two guys locked up, and now until they're 29 well, years old, they're Oilers. He, he also he well, also signed that. Uh, he also signed that Clefbaum contract. Yeah, let's great be deal. honest here. Yes, Clefbaum, great deal. Um, but let's Connor be honest, David. You do not negotiate a contract with Connor McDavid. <laughs> no, no I'm, Connor, that's what Connor McDavid offered Shirelli. Yeah, yeah any, any of like, us, I'm any doing of us you a favor. That. Let's fucking build a winner. If, I, if I'm Bill Gates. If I'm Bill Gates and I go to the bank and ask to withdraw one billion dollars cash, and the and the lady has to make it happen behind the counter, it doesn't make her the all-time best teller, right? No, no, but I think there was still a fair amount of negotiating there. Like, I think you got to give Shirelli no. credit for that move, man. I so think like, I'm the guy who held the pen while Connor signed. Whatever Actually, I'm shocked. I'm just shocked that like, there's two things. Obviously, you want to get that hundred million dollar deal for the optics, but like. I'm surprised he didn't go full Sidney Crosby and didn't, didn't do a $97 million deal. I, I thought he was going to do that, too. I, cool. I think that there may have been a point from McDavid's camp, and I'll, like I don't have inside information, but maybe like we don't know how those negotiations went. I know everyone likes to say it was just a blank check, but what if McDavid's camp did say, you know, if you want this contract to be 9.7, it's only going to be five years. If you want it at whatever, it needs to be in the 13s. Maybe Shirelli said... You know, fine, or maybe he just played it right. I don't know. No, I give him I credit think, for those I signings, think they man. sat down and to. had. I think they well, no, because McDavid long. could have asked for twenty percent of the cap or whatever the hell it was, right? He could ask he for could 50 have, million bucks, but he didn't get that. I think if they Connor sat down McDavid and said, asked Connor, for fifteen million dollars. I'm sorry, you don't have a choice. Okay, then give him credit for the dry settle deal because that was a great yeah. contract. Yeah, looks In hindsight, it is. Although in at the time, it was yeah. not. At the time, it was not. But still, that's yeah. what you get but when you give off, guys term. Off 100%. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, like you, what Peter Shirley did do well again. That Ethan Bear pick late, Caleb Jones late. But is that Clef him or is that a scouting staff? Still, exactly. if we're well, gonna rip him for staff. if we're gonna rip him for the Reinhardt deal, you can't sit there and be like, "Well, it wasn't his fault that all this good stuff happened." Like, 
I surely no, fucked GM, up a lot. No, but GM, I get it. Your GM got, pulls the you trigger love and ultimately Pirelli. makes the decision for the trade. He that, he relies on his scouts for draft picks. But like he, he brought the scouting staff in though. Yeah, like it's yeah. his crew, and all, yeah, and like, he allowed himself he allowed himself to believe that that was a good trade. Don't make me defend Peter Shirelli here. It's really annoying me I right know. now. I don't like it. No, it's it understood. You like your Ramchek loves Shirelli. Jay loves you know, Taylor you're, Hall. <laughs> Everyone has their opinion. It's just, you know, everyone piles on him, and rightfully so. He fucked up this team pretty hard with the no-trade clauses Get a Torelli jersey, your Amjack. Get a Torelli jersey. I just think you also need to give a little bit of credit where it's due here. Like, after 2017, everyone was ready to crown the guy. Lutic had a, basically a 25-goal season, was good in the playoffs. After that season, everything was great. And I'm switching topics a little bit here, but, man, I see a lot of that happening in Vancouver right now. Watching oh, the offseason they've had, oh, think, yeah. think of the Oilers after that 2017 run. It was like, oh, man, these great years from these guys we didn't expect and the young guns. Oh, the young players look so good. David and Clefbaum, everyone's looking great. And then the next year, some bad contracts all of a sudden started to look bad, lost a couple of key players, and it was just all downhill. And Vancouver next year is going into it with a combo of Thatcher Demko and Braden Holpe, a guy coming off a bad year and a relatively unproven NHL goaltender in Demko. That's not a guarantee to work out. On the blue line, they got Quinn Hughes. But they also have Alex Edler, who's almost 35 years old. Tyler Myers, who is slowed down considerably and has four more years at $6 million. I like Nate Schmidt. Jordy Ben's not that great either, though. Like, there's reasons, I think, to believe Vancouver might be taking a step back or might not live up to the hype that some people have them at. Well, um, then they have to sign. They've got, they got some young boys. they got to sign yep. to some big tickets. Yep. And like, I, a lot of people just going to Vancouver, Tyler, like, a lot of people were shitting on Ken Holland for how the trade didn't work out for Athens to you. I was looking at Vancouver, that Toffoli trade was also very expensive for a handful of games of him. And And they couldn't keep him. That's like that. That's how bad their situation is. They couldn't keep because he didn't even sign for that crazy amount of money. No, no, he really just like Montreal is probably just, just licking their chops with that. Like with, with that deal. hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, but that's it. And this is now where I'll go with the conversation. Uh, you look around Canada, the hot debate is always, you know, which Canadian team's in the best position to win, but Vegas Golden Knights owner, Bill Foley, I don't know if he let it slip or if he was just spitballing, talked about the possibility of there being a Canadian division next year. And he, he kind of said when asked about if Nate Schmidt is, you know, or, you know, if he's nervous about playing Nate Schmidt next year or anything like that. And he goes, well, it won't be a problem. They're going to be playing in the Canadian division. I'm paraphrasing, but I don't know if that's like a funny joke that NHL owners would tell, or if he, he just let it fall. I think, I he, think just, he slipped. I think he slipped, and I want to go around here. I'll start with you on this one, yeah. A Canadian division next year. Do you like that? Do you think it's a good idea? What's your take on it? Yeah, I think the number one priority needs to be continuity of the league and building all the revenue streams you can. And if that's weird for stats, but allows you to play, do it. Hundred percent. And it's also. Every game is going to be hockey night in Canada. Like every game is going to be fucking stressful this year because you're either playing a battle of Alberta, you're playing against Vancouver, you're playing against teams you hate. That just from like being, you know, thinking about the Pacific mindset, and then you've got like the Eastern teams that you just loathe because their fan base drives you crazy. That they're going to be playing all the time, Mm -hmm. and then there's Ottawa. I mean, Tyler, you know, I've been I've been talking about an all Canadian division on Owen Radio for like. Two months now so i love this i love love the idea remember back in like the uh northwest division days when you had to pay the minnesota wild eight times and it was fucking torturous 
well, I love the idea of playing the Calgary Flames eight times, and it's going to be angry, and it's going to be full of hatred, and the Battle of Alberta will be what everybody wants it to be. And then you look around the Canadian teams, there's a bunch of good teams. So it would be a very well, tough division as well. You just, I, I want to play the really Leafs all the time. Oh, it's just stressful because you just, like, we've got to be, like, this is the Canada's team bracket. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, exactly. Got, like, it's, so I'm stressed out also. It's like, well, we've got to fucking win. Because if Toronto wins that bracket, we will never hear the end of it until forever. It's going to be passed down through generations. It's like a alternate Olympic gold. I don't like it. Oh. I think it I think it just makes the, the season, the in, upcoming season seem a little too gimmicky. Like, I can understand why there'd be excitement, but I think the, the league... public health impact, though, of not having to cross the I border. I know, and, and that's, why, that's the reason I, I would be okay with it, and I wouldn't raise a huge stink and start yelling all the time, but I just think if you can do something to get alternate bubbles going or have teams playing in, you know, cohort divisions and then switching it up after a month, like, even if it's not any East versus West play, I just think you got to keep the Western Conference playing each other, and you need to keep the standings looking like they do in a regular year or at least something close to it. The Canadian division to me, I just, I don't dig it. It's just not my but thing. It's, I, you're not wrong, but the, like everything you suggest is, is almost impossible to pull off because yeah. technically it's the, the travel that's the issue. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, the travel that's the issue. So like if, if it, if, if, if watching NHL hockey and having an NHL season starting in January at some point is reliant on there being a Canadian division, I'm all in. Which is- yeah, like we just finished up the weirdest Stanley Cup playoffs of all time, and you know what? I still enjoyed it. I still loved it, yeah. despite its shtick and like how you know weird it was. I think that it would be just kind of embracing the weirdness of an all Canadian division. It's not like something that would stick around forever. But like Jay said, if that means we get to watch hockey, then let's 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 get it. Let's get going. And I man, understand- if we could sweep the Leafs, yeah. I understand the logic behind it, but just for me, I, I'm just not huge, huge into that idea, but I know it might be what they have to do. So I'd rather have hockey with Canadian divisions than oh. no hockey, but I'd also just rather have the NHL back to normal, which may be entirely impossible. Well, um, you also wish that Peter Torelli was GM and signed Jay's favorite player, Taylor Hall, to a 10-year deal. Uh, well, absolutely. Uh, but just think of the bad blood. You're, like, you're playing like... Because when you're playing a Canadian team, like that's a rivalry automatically. So now it's just like you're playing each other so much, the blood's just going to boil over. Like hockeyfights.com huh. needs this. Yes, yeah, agreed. Uh, looking at what the division layout would be, there it'd probably be four of those teams making the playoffs. So out of the seven Canadian teams, which four do you think would be the playoff teams there? Oilers, Oilers, Oilers. Oilers. I know it's an Oilers podcast, Oilers. so everyone's going to have them in there. But see, who that's else? that's where I think this gets interesting because if you look at the Canadian teams, I mean, outside of Ottawa, who, who's just terrible? Calgary, yeah, the worst team in the league. Calgary's good. I mean, worst they, team in the league. Are they though? Jacob Markstrom's good. They Is have a good though? one-two punch in net, man. Is he Markstrom's though? garbage. He's point zero one percent better than Mikko Koskinen. <laughs> if you look at the sample size of one regular season, sure. What were That's they in the playoffs? What were they in the playoffs this year? That sounds like your best what friend Peter Torelli talking, Ramchuk. What was Markstrom in the playoffs this year? Good. I mean, he was, was he? he was probably the only reason they were in a lot of hockey games. Demko had to come uh, in I'm when not... he got hurt, but 
He was yeah. uh, 919 in the playoffs, so very good. Very 919? Good. Oh, so he's 0.2 better than he is in the regular point oh two better than he is in the regular season. That's stepping up. But I mean like Nico Koskinen was eight forty. So Yeah, but the Oilers were also like negative ten. Fair, but it would be nice if they got a save too. Yeah, like the Oilers win that series if they get average goaltending. So that's <laughs> that's a fact. I don't fact. know. I don't I, know. We I'm Jay, that if bad. their goaltending was nine ten, they might not just beat the Hawks. They might have swept the Hawks. Really? Nine Tinelli over here is right. I agree. Like, everyone, so everyone has to get Do on. the math. McDavid, McDavid was a top 10 scorer in the NHL playoffs, like, two weeks after the Oilers were eliminated. They scored enough goals to win pretty much every game in that series. They just couldn't get a big save. And everyone likes to say, oh, the defense collapsed, this, that. Go watch any Stars game. Go watch a Golden Knights game. Go watch a Canucks game. All those teams that had good runs. And watch how many times throughout the course of a game you you go, oh, man, the goalie robbed him there. Or, ooh, they're lucky they got a save there. You never, I shouldn't say never, you rarely saw that in Oilers versus Chicago. You rarely ever so went, what were the high big save. So compare it to high danger chances. Like the follies that that, that led to high danger chances that went in. Other Follies. teams get bailed out when, when there's high danger chances. The Oilers did not get bailed out. And in today's NHL, you need to get bailed out to win. A little bit by your goaltending. At least a little bit. And the Oilers didn't get that little bit. Well, Jacob Markstrom sucks. So On the bright side, we're going he back does suck, in, Peter Trelli. On the bright side, we're going back into next season with the exact same tandem. Yeah. Continuity. <laughs> Stability. <laughs> I know, I know it's drinking the Kool-Aid and all that fun stuff, but your heart had to sink a little bit when you saw the news that it was Smith coming back. And I don't hate Mike Smith. I think he is inconsistent. Yeah, the money pisses me off too because he should not be signing for 1.5 with the potential yet too. That makes no sense. But nope. like, I like him. I think he's a fighter between the crease. He's an easy guy to root for, but he was inconsistent last year and now he's a year older. Father time defeats everyone eventually. And I just worry that the inconsistent stretches are going to be longer and the good points are going to be less good than they were last year. For me, I just really hope that Dave Tippett's Smith boner goes away. Because, like, if Koskinen's the guy that you're going to ride, then ride him. Because he needs to, he's the better of the two. He's the more consistent of the two goals. Yeah. And if you're MJ, be, you know, the number one thing I look for in goalies, what's the number one thing I look for? Hair. Fertility. Okay. Mm, yes. If you don't have four kids, at minimum, with the hair, too, flat brim hat, too, which is nice, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Uh, the mark of a good goalie is fertile, man. This guy's got four, at minimum. <laughs> I think the mark of a good goaltender is how well they dress. So maybe Mike Smith can have some career numbers if he heads over and checks out our friends at twigandberries.ca. And you know what? He's making a little bit less money this next coming season. So maybe he even wants to use the promo code NATION15 to save 15% off his order. This is now the point in the podcast where I go to twigandberries.ca, which is comfortable clothing for the modern-day caveman, uh, and, I, and I browse the products. There's a hoodie that is called the Connor Hoodie. I do not believe it's named after Connor McDavid, but we will pretend it is. It's got like the hockey lace style top, the nice Twig and Berries logo. Looks like, uh, you know, looks like good material. Looks comfy. When I look at that, I think of like doing yard work in it. It looks like a good, comfy man's hoodie. Twigandberries.ca. 
I just all like I can to commend you for that segue. Well done. Way that, to was spin a very, that. that was an excellent segue. We're very happy for our promo code Nation15 mm-hmm. and to have Twig and Berries as a sponsor. Has anybody I, strapped their banana hammock into a Twig and Berries yet? My nutsack well, underwear, which is their own brand, has not arrived yet. When it does, I will show everyone. I've yeah, got I'll a box do a nice for all of you. Wanya, you got yours already. Yeah, I know. How is it? Well, I haven't. I didn't know if I had to wash them or not. They're still in the box. Okay. To be totally honest with you, this unboxing thing was quite a lot for me to handle. I'm like, do I have to arrange this shit? And I felt a lot of pressure. Like, I don't want to piss off Twig and Berries. They're our good friends. And so... Just open it up and video it. That's it. All I know is I'm looking forward to getting my Twig and Berries undies because I can just imagine a scenario down in the future one day when old bag milk meets a lady and yeah. he peels off his clothes and there he is in his good luck undies and she's like, oh, good heavens, look at you. And I'm like, I know. Thank you, Twig and Berries. And she says, is a promo code. she says, you're not as impressive as that other bagged milk. That's right. Yeah, he was, <laughs> his podcasts are better, and he has better twig and berries on these than he We should troll him. I should just start tagging be. him in all of our podcast stuff. <laughs> I might just start talking to him as if he's our bag milk. Yeah, do it. Okay. Um, no, there no, there's only one bag milk. It's not that guy. It could be, though. We don't know. People are going to start thinking that that's actually you. And it's like you're pseudo to the pseudo. He started after you, right, Bagmouth? You're not so obvious burner burner yeah. account? Yeah, I mean, there has to. Has to. Trust me, the key to a good burner is making it not obvious. Uh, okay, we got like 10 minutes, so we're going to get to Scott Hastings from Odd Shark. Um, out of the topics I still have here, I want to do this one because we have uh, the two heads of the Ryan Smith fan club. NHL.com, and someone pointed this out. I should give them credit on our Instagram when I posted this to ask for everyone's take. Um, someone commented and said, uh, it's M. Dubinsky. He says, it's not confirmed. NHL.com takes players' previously used number as a placeholder, and then he added, even if he uses 94, who cares? He took a discount to play here. Would you, members of the Ryan Smith fan club, be okay with Barry wearing 94 next year? Let's just, before they answer, Tyler, let's remember that the reason Oilers Nation exists in general, is that these two gentlemen that you're waiting for their answer started a website because they were upset Ryan Smith mm. left town. So, Jay Wanye, is Barry allowed to wear 94? After Absolutely did. not. It's for a few reasons. He's the new. He's new to town, and he signed a one-year deal. Yep. Like you just you just can't in moonlight as an oiler and and wear one of the most coveted numbers of the history of the franchise. Um, so I am a hard no on that. And I think Tyson is a smart enough man to realize he shouldn't. Interesting. Uh, one, it's judge a character for me. If he, it, for me, it's a knock against his character. If he, if he, if he, if he thinks he's entitled to wear 94, hmm. I would say if it were up to me, I would be like, I don't think you should, but, Let's ask Smitty. Okay. And the Smitty's like, I don't give a fuck. I'd be like, well, then carry on, Tyson. You better have. But a even if Smitty there. says yes, well, but you have to respect the body of work well, Smitty has done. They, who else in that took number, a number in that jersey? What's who else that? just took a number with the oil that was shocking? Somebody else recently, like an active oiler, has an old oiler great number. Taylor Hall wearing number four. Chris no, Russell wearing, offered that to him. Chris Russell wearing Taylor Hall's four. Chris Russell wearing Taylor Hall's 
There you uh, go. Uh, I'm right? trying to think, but I don't know. People got mad when Puyu Yarvi wore 98 because they were like, oh, Why? too close yeah. to Gretzky, which was yeah. dumb. <laughs> well, we, yeah. should, we should retire numbers 94 through 99 just so no one gets too close. Just to be safe. Will except he come Connor. back with a different number? Who? What's he wearing in car pack? He was nine, but is he still nine? Oh, I can imagine he keeps 98. I mean, I have a Puyu Yarvi jersey, so I'd hope he does. Um, yeah. Anyways. I like him at 39, though. Be honest, his training camp number as a rookie. Yeah, that's what I originally purchased the jersey as. But uh, I like Tyson Berry. I, I think this is an amazing signing. I cannot oh, yeah. believe the value. If he comes to town and you're like, "Hey, did you know that Ryan Smith's a legend here and he's number 94?" And if he's like, "Uh huh," I'd be like, "Okay, noted in the log. You'd better be good." So in Colorado, he wore number four. So Chris Russell's wearing that now. He also wore 41 in Colorado for yeah. a little bit. And then 94 in Toronto. So Maybe he can just wear like 49 or something like that. And make Tyler Benson pick something else. Oh, yeah. Benson wears 49. Well, you uh, want to wear 40 but, and just spit in the face of Yosek Baranek? Yo, uh, Benson's number is just the one they gave him in training camp. The I call believe. number. So, yeah, yeah, the call number. So they, he, Benson might be like, yeah, sure, I'll take a new number. Or does he go, now I'm just going to throw this out there. Does he go with the cursed 44? Ooh. Never. Oh, Ooh. anybody who has the... Stones to wear that. <laughs> well, we need we need that curse broken, so someone at some point has to do it. Are you okay with the ghost of Sheldon Surrey haunting your locker, Tyson Barry? That's not even the forty four I'm mad at. I know, yeah. but he's the most recent, right? Or did Corey Potter wear forty four? I think Potter did too for a while, but wasn't he jumping all around? Probably. Probably. Now, who ran into Taylor Hall? Corey Cross, not Corey Potter. No, it was Potter. Corey Potter. Yeah, it was Corey Potter. Corey That's Cross right. is like someone oh, actually, we had I on forgot. our podcast. Zach Cassian wears 44. What am I talking about? Oh. <laughs> Shame on all of us. Nobody in the podcast remembered that. <laughs> just nobody was just like, I'm actually bag milk. Cassian already wears that. So I'm like, I'm. as I said it, I'm oh, like, yeah. I'm pretty sure somebody wears that. But <laughs> I'm, I'm like, like someone's going to break the curse of it. <laughs> Oh we God. apologize to Zach Cassian and his thriving Our, cameo business. Yes, please log into his cameo. Um, oh that's I'm funny. So wow, that's we, so hilarious. We are so bad at this. I wonder it, if he you also were, can't wear forty-one either because Mike Smith wears forty-one. Yeah. We are shit at this game. If you, hey, I knew Joseph Baranek. You did. You did. Nobody knows '90s Oilers better than one guy. For real, I a thousand percent. I remember one time we were talking about random Oilers. We were at a prospect game. And we, were in the, we were sitting in the nation box, and you were going through just these kids who were playing baseball. They're like, oh, do you remember when so-and-so wore this number in the 90s? I'm like, no, I don't even know who the fuck that person is. And you just, you knock them out. Nobody the 90s was a great time. I was a virgin. I didn't have a single drink the entire time. I had nothing to think about but Oilers hockey. You didn't have a single drink in the 90s? No, and I wasn't a virgin the entire time either. Thanks for asking, your Amtrak. I was actually quite doing well by the end of the decade. <laughs> so was I. Right I was born. Well, I mean, I was 10. I was just happy to end off the 90s with the millennium, you know? It was a big millennium. time for me. Uh, all right. Well, um, thank you. I, I do love the 90s Oilers. I sure do. Tyler, do you think he should wear 94? Back to Tyson Berry, the question you asked. Uh, I'd prefer if he didn't. I think that's Smitty's number. It won't be retired till he's in the hall because the organization has the stupid rule. I hope they change this is it. A ring, this is a ring of honor thing to me. But, like, they need to do a ring of honor. They do. They do. Time. And that needs to come. Like, Vancouver has that. You know, they put a guy like Burroughs up there who the fan base loved, was great in the playoffs, but isn't, like, you know, a great 
necessarily. And I think that's what the Oilers need too. We've talked about this a lot. Just to get guys like Cujo and Bill Guerin and Ryan Smith, you know, one day Chris Pronger. <laughs> wow. I'm kidding, obviously. I mean, arguably. Your head on a stick and it just says yeah. as a word bubble. I love Peter Girelli. <laughs> <laughs> ah, all right. Um, it's one If Peter Girelli was dangling off a cliff and you had one arm holding up Peter Girelli and the other arm had your girlfriend. I'd and you choose... can only save one. God knows you're just one man. How are you supposed to hold two people up a lot mm. at once? Mm-hmm. Who do you pick? Probably the one who's more competent at running an NHL franchise. Your girlfriend. Nice. And that's a good answer. Yeah. That's a high praise coming from you that you think she's that talented. Mm-hmm. I think she could. She, yep. I think she could absolutely run an NHL franchise. By all accounts, she's wonderful at cap management. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm going to end this conversation quickly. Uh, all right. It's that time of the week where we're going to talk sports betting. Wanye? Yeah. I know. Just kidding. I actually think they're a great company. Yes, I do love the fine folks at Odd Shark who are your source. Before he goes, though, Tyler, did Wanya already duck out? I need his uh, rookie football question of the week. He's gone. gone. He is gone. Um, So we will uh, bring in our friend Scott Hastings here in just a second. Boys, uh, get your locks of the week ready. Actually, before I bring in Scott, we should review our locks of the week from last week. I'm not having a good run. I had a really bad week last week betting on football, actually. It was my first sort of bad week of the year. I hit a couple of greasy parlays. Um, that kind of saved me, but like my straight up picks, they were not good. Um, I'm bringing up the spreadsheet now. We went two and two as a podcast. Bag milk, you're on fire. You're four and one this year. You had Steelers minus seven. Jay, you nailed it again. You had Browns plus one and a half. So you're now two Told and you, three. I'm thinking now. Uh, I'm two and three on the year as well. I was wrong with Seahawks minus seven. I couldn't believe they won by didn't win by more. Uh, Chalmers had Cowboys minus seven and a half. Dak Prescott got hurt. Um, so he lost that bet, which was awful, man. Oh, that, that was replay, ugly. ugly. So I, I wasn't watching the game, and it just the replay showed up on my Twitter feed, and it was just that's no good. It's no good. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're gonna bring in Scott Hastings, and we're gonna start a new thing this week with him, which is uh, our attempt to sort of beat the expert, kind of. Although I'm probably Ooh. gonna be tailing his advice anyways, but he's gonna have three picks for us as well, and then we can review. Uh, also, if you're listening to this, we do Scott Hastings now on Thursdays. Because we want him to help us set up the NFL week. Um, oh, are you fucking kidding me? My- I'm going to go first here. I'm locking it in. Okay. Casey, my pick. Three and a half. Oh, against my Bills? That's right. How dare you. What happened to the Bills this week? Jeez. I have no clue. They, they got is my lock. It just came off of COVID. Yeah. It was, uh, it was not great for the Bills. They took a lot of dumb, dumb, dumb penalties. And that killed a couple of otherwise nice drives. Um, but, yeah, it was not a, a great week for my Buffalo Bills. Yeah. I don't know who to pick this week. All right, let's bring in our friend Scott Hastings from Odd Shark. Odd Shark is your spot. If you want to be a smarter better, head to oddshark.com. All the gambling or sports betting information you need. They got all the odds posted up there. They got places where you can place your bets on there as well. A good little uh, sheet. And uh, there he is, Scott Hastings. How's it going, man? Hey, fellas, what's going on this week? Long time, no talk. Yeah, yeah. Now that oh, we moved it Thursdays, it's, uh, it's been 10, 10, 11 days. I don't know. I'm not good at math. Uh, Scott. Uh, Scott, I feel like you'd be proud to know that I, the rookie football better, am leading the podcast in my weekly pickups. Hell I believe yeah, it is because of your advice, my friend. 
That's right. I doubt it, but hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bag milk is uh bag milk is four and one as a podcast through five weeks in the NFL. The four of us each pick one game a week. We're 11 and nine against the spread. That's not bad. That's good. That's, that's good. That's what is that? Uh, 55%, 55% that is profitable. That's profitable. I think the number is like 53 point something, whatever the number is that, if you pick spreads, which are usually minus 110, if you hit like 53 point whatever percent, you are a profitable better. So hell yeah, 55%, that's that's profit. Uh, we're going to talk NFL in just a second, but I want to talk a little hockey with you as well and pick your brain on a few things. Obviously, we haven't talked to you since free agency opened. Uh, let's start with this. Just looking at who made some big splashes around the NHL. Is there one team that jumps off the page to you as they improved a lot and they might be a team to watch next year? Well, I don't want to toot my own horn, but the, the Leafs made some really smart moves. <laughs> I don't know if they were big moves per se, yeah. but like T, I thought TJ Brody was a, a brilliant, brilliant pickup, uh, especially because that probably moves Martin Marinson out of the lineup, and he's been a liability uh, for the last several years, in my opinion, if I can say that nicely. Um, yeah, no, they, they've just had some issues on defense. So adding a guy like TJ Brody to play on the second pairing is, is great. And then a guy like Zach Bogosian that might get healthy for maybe half the season or so. But to be, to slide him in the lineup, he's not, he's not much of a liability, uh, to go along with the development of a guy like Rasmus, Rasmus Sandin and stuff. So I really like that. And, and from the forward side, you know, Wayne Simmons, some grit there on the, the third and fourth lines because I don't know how many times we've gone into Boston and get, yeah. frankly, we get bullied. And uh, I think a guy like Wayne Simmons comes in there, Travis Boy, guys like this that'll come in and, and create a little bit of grit. So, uh, yeah, I really like the moves that uh, Toronto went with uh, to be a little biased. Uh, looking at our Edmonton Oilers, they pick up mm-hmm. Kyle Turris, a guy who can, you know, he can score. They got Tyler Ennis, a guy who can score. They got Yessa Pujarvi back. He could be able to score. Tyson Berry's going to help yeah. the offense. But then they bring back Mike Smith. Next year, I think you might be wise to just take the over in a lot of Oilers games, hey? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that, and that's always fun. I loved the Tyler Ennis signing. I really did. One year, one million. That's no risk. He's only 31. And he played with Toronto two years ago, I believe it was. Maybe three. And then went to Ottawa. Uh, um, and he's just one of those guys that he gives it his all every single shift. He's not going to get 20 minutes a game. If he only gets 10, that's fine. But he creates a lot of issues. And, and I, I love that for a player. If you can get a guy on the cheap that's just going to go in there and mix it up. Uh, and he, he punches above his weight physically. Yeah. Like he throws the body around. He's only five foot six, 114 pounds. Uh, so he throws it around as best he can. Uh, I, yeah, I, re- I really like that for just some depth scoring and some speed. You know, Edmonton's all about speed, speed, speed. And uh, Kyle Turris is another guy that just sort of does his job. Another 31-year-old that low low liability at one and a half million, one point six, whatever it was signed. Um, so I, I like that. And Pugliarvi, we just need him to take that next step. The Tyson Berry pickup. Eh, I, I'm not. I, he he was a big disappointment in Toronto. But if he's going to play on the third pairing with some second pairing upside from time to time and injuries and stuff like that. He's just fine. It just, he couldn't log the 20 minute games that I think he was expected to in Toronto. So if he could be on a minute cap of, you know, in around that 
13 to 16 minutes, I think he'll be just fine. Interesting stuff indeed around the NHL. Uh, National Football League, you're Dallas Cowboys. Um, that's That DAC injury is ugly, ugly, ugly. How are sports books kind of reacting there? Like how much of a shift has have their odds seen? Yeah, so I would have thought so they got Arizona at home. They're at home to uh, Arizona on the Monday nighter this week. Uh, prior to Dak going down, I would have assumed they would have been probably a three-point favorite, maybe a four-point favorite, and they're a one-half-point home dog, um, which I think is a bit of a mistake, honestly, because Andy Dalton's not that bad, and the weapons that are around him, you know, he led the Bengals to playoff appearance after playoff appearance, just lost every single time. Um, so I think the weapons are there that, you know, a capable quarterback can can carry that team. Uh, but obviously devastating uh, blow to the Dallas Cowboys. Probably still win the division because it's so trash. Um, <laughs> that's just the way yeah. it is. But yeah, that was uh, it was tough to see, especially because that could impact. He was on that uh, uh, tag, uh, the franchise, franchise yeah. tag. Yeah, and then so be- betting on himself and then getting that kind of injury is just it's really unfortunate, of course. But uh, he'll be back. Not this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not this year. That was no. that was gruesome. Uh, looking elsewhere around the NFL, we're going to get to your picks here in just a second. Mm-hmm. But with all this COVID stuff going on, like that Bills game, and me being a Bills fan, it was a hard one to watch because I thought it was a lock for them to cover that three-and-a-half-point spread. I was like, man, Tennessee should be in shambles right now. They haven't had a ton of time to prepare, all that stuff. It's like the COVID element has just thrown such a curveball into this because even looking into that Denver-New England game, like, it really screws with kind of how I view these matchups. Are you having a similar problem? Are people around the industry having a similar problem gauging these COVID games? Yeah, I had a tough week last week. Just there was limited games on the board, and then there was just uncertainty. So we do a Capper Cup here at Odd Shark, and uh, there was like four games that just weren't listed because of COVID scares. And that limits it down to what you can play, and, and if it doesn't really fit my system or whatever – Put you up against the wall pretty quickly. So I had a, a rough week when that happened. And and I had the over for the Tennessee-Buffalo game, which did hit, but not the way I was expecting it to. Yeah. Of course, I was expecting uh, a closer game and, and like both teams scoring over 30 and, and a bit of a burn burner. Uh, that was completely not what I was expecting. You know, Tennessee's defense looked remarkable, holding Josh Allen down to just 263 passing yards. Um, yeah, it's, it's very tricky. And for this week, looking ahead, you know, one of the bets I like, I know we're not getting there yet, but is the Falcons plus four. And then news comes out today with one or four players testing positive or coaching stuff. We don't even know what the number is because at first it said four, then it was two, then it was one. So it's tricky. Now I'm hesitant in uh, locking that bet in. Looking at the schedule this week, I'm surprised at just how many close matchups there are. Like, this is going to be a great weekend of football. I'm counting right now, just doing this on the air. You got Baltimore, Philly, Cincy, Indy, the uh, New England game, and the Miami, New York Jets game. Those are the only spreads that are more than a touchdown. Is it like it's uncommon to see this many tight games, hey? Yeah. I think what you were seeing is uh, some of these, well, for one, we're getting some good matchups like Cleveland, Pittsburgh, who would have thought that was a good one, but uh, the Browns I are did. just, the, the, well, there you go. Are you a Browns? We're rolling, baby. Yeah, that's, 
they're clicking. You know, it's pretty bad, though, when a wide receiver has a better quarterback rating than your quarterback. But, hey, we'll <laughs> leave that one there. Um, but, no, the Browns are absolutely rolling. And it's super cool to see that because uh, they were the Cinderella story, what, two years ago where everyone thought they were going to be the team and they came up with a bit of a dud. So maybe they were just two years behind. Um, but then we're seeing some of the better teams on the road. And, and we see that road um, the home spread, for example, that they get those extra points. I think that tightens the line. For example, the Rams at Niners getting the Rams giving up three points on the road. If that's in uh, Los Angeles, they're probably six and a half, maybe a full touchdown favorites. Now they're on the road; they're a three-point favorite. So I think that's what we're seeing a lot this week. Is it just so happens that the team that should be favored is on the road? Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, the it other, all just sort of groups as one week, which is, which is odd, but I think it's just one of those weird weeks. I'm really liking, and this is only the, I mean, I guess already third time this year, uh, but second time because of COVID, where there's two Monday nighters. I'm loving this. Yeah. I like the doubleheader yeah. on Monday. I like having a bit more of a spread out schedule. I didn't even hate the Tuesday game either. I yeah. like. I for me, I wish they would do doubleheaders on Monday all the time. I'm I'm sad there's no Thursday game tonight. Yeah, that that well, does suck a little bit. Which is weird because everyone hates the Thursday night yeah. game, but now that it's not here, we're like we want the Thursday game. <laughs> I would be I would prefer if they took the Thursday night game and moved it to Tuesday, because oftentimes we're getting that that short week, the Sunday to Thursday, and oftentimes it can be a dud of the game, whether the offenses aren't ready or the defenses. They're injured. There's there's just a lot that goes in. So if we moved it to a Tuesday, the separation wouldn't be as bad. Yeah. I think if you scheduled it properly. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. Maybe we should call Roger Goodell. We got his number, right? Yeah, I'll add him uh, into the FaceTime. We'll, that, that's right. <laughs> uh, the other thing too, like then, because you, you mentioned it, right? The short week can sometimes make the game sloppy. If the short week has a team going from playing on Tuesday to Sunday. From an entertainment perspective, you can bury that game. It's just not going to be on national TV. So you're right. From yep. from putting your best product forward, Monday, Tuesday would almost make more sense. Yeah. So instead of doing a double Monday nighter, which I'm fine with as well, yeah. but yeah, take the Thursday, throw it on a Tuesday. Uh, you're not because there's some college football on Thursdays as well. So you wouldn't be competing there. Um, I, I don't see why this has not been brought up by the brilliant people at the NFL uh, headquarters. Yeah. Um, all right, we're going to do a, uh, actually, do either of you guys uh, bag milk? Jay, do you have uh, anything to throw at Scott before we get to our picks this week? Yeah, rookie betting question of the week, Scott. Um, <laughs> I had somebody, I was I was just playing around on Twitter, and I'm talking about betting. Um, yeah. I got a couple of people DMing me saying, don't let the media sway you in terms of putting your bets down. Was that Would that be some advice you'd buy into or, and focus more on your own research? Or do you think that, that's a little bit too much. No, I, th I think you touch on something really interesting there, and that's public betting. And, uh, you know, the media and all this, they'll, they'll go behind a team. And a lot of times when they're all in on somebody, at the public especially, we'll see that being a dud. There's one game this week that has me scared, and that's like the Titans are, are getting or giving up three points at home to Houston. I thought that spread would have been a lot higher. I think the public, especially just coming off that win over Buffalo, everyone's going to hammer Tennessee. I do like Tennessee in this spot. It's just one of those games that I would have thought the line would be uh, a little more in their favor. So I think, yeah, I think I would avoid 
media and stuff like that because they it's it's entertainment so they want to get you they want to give you information that is entertaining but it's it they may not they're not the professional handicappers so although some of the information they give you is useful but when there's a game that's highly publicized on one side some tricky things come around fair enough totally fair uh we're gonna do a new thing here where we make our locks of the week but we're also now gonna invite you scott to give us three picks every week and uh We'll be keeping track, so uh, you better make them good because our listeners will get at you if they uh, if they aren't. But, of course, as always, we're using oddshark.com for the best information. Uh, earlier in the pod, Bag Milk called dibs on the Chiefs. Scott, you can double up on our picks, though. Don't be afraid to uh, take sure. one that we also took. Uh, Bag Milk took the Chiefs. Jay, I'm going to step up. I like mini minus four against Atlanta. I think that Atlanta team with the COVID, I- I'm going to hop on that quickly. and take That mini- game might not happen. Mm-hmm. So then hey, it'll be knows? a wash. I'll get my money yeah. back. Uh, Jay, there do you have go. a pick before we get to Scott's picks? So you want you want to educate our audience and lead them to wash their money. <laughs> if the game happens, I think Minnesota's going to win. If the game doesn't happen, I get my bet back. That's What's the downside to making that bet? So yeah, I would be scared of that game because they just fired their coach. Remove COVID aside because yeah. that, that's a real concern. But like, I'm always worried about betting against teams who just fired their coach. Are there numbers with that, Scott? I made, I yeah. made, I, is there? Oh, yeah, for sure. I don't have them in front of me, but we usually put out an article after teams that have just fired their coach. And I, we can just go more recent bias, of course, Houston and Bill O'Brien, and they bring in Romeo Cornell, and uh, finally look like the Houston uh, team that we were expecting this year. So uh, by recency bias, that Minnesota pick is tough. <laughs> I made some money this year in the in, in hockey, uh, and I don't. I I know you love the Leafs. I don't like betting on the Leafs, but I bet on the Leafs. The minute they fire Babcock, yeah. you just knew they were going on a heater. So I just went and hammered them like three games in a row because it was yeah. just you just knew it was already like destiny. Yeah. So I'm always Although, scared. I think there's something for NHL for that one. I think there's something like that first game that they take over. It's a bad record. But then uh, afterwards, teams go on a bit of a streak. I remember looking that up when the Sheldon Keith uh, hiring happened, and I, I think I looked in the numbers, and that very first game was not good statistically over the last few seasons. But then they go off. But yeah, good job getting money. Huh. Oh, thank you, Jay. Uh, you got a lock of the week here. Hashtag fade your M truck story, but I just shit I all over your pick, didn't I? Oh yeah, hundred percent. But I'm not changing it. You, you, a little bit of doubt creeped into my mind, and I had a backup pick I was going to go with, but I thought no, I'm going to stick to my guns. I trust Kirk Cousins. Uh, I, I, um, well, I actually I wrote down Mini as a pick, but I just I just removed it because I'm not sure if that game's going to happen. Um, <laughs> you fucking rip me, and you have it written down. <laughs> yeah, but but I, but initially, once I thought about it, I'm like, oh, I'm not betting that because I don't want to I don't want to advise people to wash. I want to advise people to win. Okay. Do you uh, have a lock? He asks for a third time. Yes. Yeah. No, I'm, I, hey, I like to take you on my journey. Okay. I was then I was then thinking about the Houston Tennessee game, thinking Tennessee played on Tuesday and have to play again on Sunday, and that's a real thing in football. But then I'm like, oh, I just don't know if Houston's that good and it's on the road. So I'm going. This is where I fell. I'm a big Teddy Bridgewater fan, and that guy, and from a fantasy perspective, is just consistent as heck. Um, Chicago, I don't know if they're the real deal. They could be fake news. We don't know, like. 
We don't know if Nick Foles is legit. Mitch Trubisky's clearly written off his career. I believe my boy Titty B and Davis has stepped in yeah. in lieu of CMC. And Bridgewater has a running threat, and he's got, got weapons to throw to. And they're only minus one and a half at home. I'm yeah. going Carolina. All right. Okay. Uh, Scott Hastings, you can go spreads. You can go over-unders. Whatever you want to throw at us, Scott. Where, uh, where are you going this week? Give us three picks. So you guys all get one pick. I get three. I see how this is well, against me here. Yeah, yeah. Of course, huh? uh, no, my first one is going to be a defensive slug. Uh, Denver at New England. I think the under 45 is the play to make here. Um, you know, we talked, uh, the last time we talked about was the New England KC game and what that was going to be. And uh, New England was playing that defensive slog game until the fourth the wheels came off. I texted you, Tyler, and uh, yeah. yeah, things went. And as soon as I hit send, it just went off the rail. So I was like, oh, well, way she goes. Um, so I just, and, and Broncos right now are just a complete mess with injuries. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be Drew Locke or Brett Ripien. I don't think it really matters. Uh, so I like the under 45 there. Um, and staying in the AFC East, I like the over in the Jets in Miami. That's set at 47. Um, and this is not uh, any attribution to the Jets because they're just the Jets. Um, 0-5 and 0-5 to spread as well. But it's magic. He just continues yeah. to sling the ball and gets the ball into the end zone. However, he does it with the big beard and whatnot. And Miles Gaskin, I thought he looked absolutely terrific last week. I picked him up in fantasy, threw him in the, the, the lineup, and he got me about 15 points. So I like the over 47 in the Jets and Dolphins game. And uh, I'm going to have to go against Carolina. I got to go with these Bears. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with the Bears plus one and a half or, or win outright. You know, at point and a half, I, I don't they. Uh, I don't they, yeah, outright win, but I just, they just keep winning. And, and I, I was against them last week against Tampa Bay, and I watched that horrible Thursday nighter. They just win. And, and their defense is scrappy. Khalil Mack looks incredible. Ah, I don't like taking the Bears, but I, I got the Bears. Perfect, Scott. Uh, so to recap, I got mini minus four. Jay's got Carolina minus one and a half. Bag Milk's taking the Chiefs minus four against the Bills on Monday. Scott's going Denver, New England under 45, the Jets and Dolphins over 47, and Chicago on the money line. Uh, this will be fun. This will be fun. It'll create some good banter. Scott, as always, we appreciate your time. That's right. Let's not go 0-6. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Please that's, no. That's Scott Hastings from Oddshark, your number one spot for sports betting information. Scott joins us every Thursday now on the podcast. I like this. I like a chance to go up against Scott, see if we can, uh, you know, flex our picks a little. And hey, oh, you know, I'm, I'm scared. I'm probably going to be tailing. Yeah, I'm nervous. Of shit. I like that over-under pick. I, what I might do is I might parlay those two and tease them and take them down. So I'll take under 51 in that game and then over 41 in the other. I don't hate that. Um, anyways, that was fun. Always fun with Scott. Uh, all right. Um, I think that's going to do it because we went pretty long here today. So, guys, uh, thanks for giving me a little bit of time today. Uh, this is episode 222 of the Real Life Podcast brought to you by Oodle Noodle. Yes, Jay did his princess training, and it's all for a good cause. Find out more by heading to the Oodle Noodle Instagram. 10% of all in-store proceeds go towards a charity in the Edmonton community. Check them out. That is Oodle Noodle and also Twig and Berries. Use the promo code NATION15. 15% off your order. Winter's coming. 
They got hoodies. They got comfortable underwear. They got socks. Everything you need to be warm and comfortable through the winter months, twigandberries.ca. All right. Have a good weekend, guys. Nicole, you know, big brother talk. Ah, big brother talk. We'll do it Monday because there should be a lot to talk about Monday. Ooh, we might have a guest Monday. I don't know. Um, anyways, we might get big brother. Nicole's talk finally actually yeah, participating. playing the game. Yeah, um, she woke up a little. And but she's, she's an idiot. She should have used, she should have took a shot at Cody. Agreed, no. thousand percent. That was, Had yeah, that was, a, that was a ginormous mistake. It's his game to lose right now. It is. Yeah. But ginormous. I think, he, ginormous. I think Everyone's scared just, of him. I think Nicole's just trying to get second place. I think she knows she won't win. But she thinks they're going to vote out Memphis. That's that's yeah. that's what's funny. Like hurt that's her. her mistake. The fact that she like like well, we're already seeing like well, it's not her decision. It's actually ours. Like you have to like Christmas was actually right. Yeah, in her pitch. But there we go. All right, we did sneak in a little bit of Big Brother talk. Uh, this has been episode. 222 of the Real Life Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Well, that's my first princess fail. This episode of the Real Life Podcast is over. (laughs) Great job on making it through the entire hour of the Real Life Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out at the French Open for a chance to win a Grand Slam title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.